0: Hey, this is your name, your name, your name. And, uh, they say it ain't easy. He's Gang green. Have their man.
1: Jets got themselves a great one. Robert Sala. Robert Sala. Talk about all gas, no brake, to great one. We're not talking about effort on the field. We're talking about the process at which we do things.
2: Lie. I'm
3: not gonna lie to you. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, keep your foot on the phone! There's no way I'm not gonna have enthusiasm on the sideline. Hey,
0: own this run! Own this run! The
3: New York Jets we beat anybody in the world and I think we're gonna win next Sunday.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Westchester County, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I'm joined, as always, by my colleague and co host, none other than the biggest Jets fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris. Everybody,
2: yo, people, was good.
1: And you know him, you love him, the greatest tight end in the history of college football, or any level of football that's ever been played in the history of this world, the big Wookiee, Nicholas Cronk, baby.
0: That's absolutely right, Keith. I'm actually growing into that now. I used to shy away from it, but top tight end ever. What's going on, everybody? Yeah, lean into it, man. Lean into it. Yeah, You're got no, it.
1: There's no reason not to take your accolades when they throw yep. out, especially the level you operated at on the field. Okay, don't be shy about it. People need to know about the statues that are erected for you in the Marist College College area. (laughs) Guys, also, we have the greatest high school football coach in the nation today, my cousin Sammy, Sammy O'Hare in the building. Sammy, what's up, man?
3: Jeff fans,
1: let's talk football. You know, guys, I want to throw something at you to start this podcast off, and it's a number the number 99.9, which is the win probability. For the cleveland browns with a minute and 55 seconds left this sunday now if you're a jet fan you didn't need to know that statistic to think the game was po- probably over there at the end there, okay but joe flacco joe flacco wasn't gonna let it happen guys okay so it's a magic in the back pocket unbelievable okay unbelievable comeback which we're gonna run through here guys unbelievable improbable all the words you can possibly think of here What occurred on Sunday, we're going to run through the game in a second. We spoke about it a little after the game happened, guys. Nick Chubb doesn't take a knee when he's running for the end zone there, guys. If he takes a knee, the game's over. Doesn't take the knee. Gives us a little bit of a shot. But in your head, you say, look, we're going to score twice with two minutes left. Guess what? Two plays later, Joe Flacco to Corey Davis. Touchdown, let's go. That's right. We need an onside kick. You say to yourself again, all right, look, we already got the guy to take a knee. We already threw the 80-yard bomb. We're not going to get the onside kick. That can't happen. it? Guess what? Guess what? Forget about 99.9. Forget about the odds. It happens. Great man with the greatest onside kick. onside kick of all time. Justin Hardy, Johnny on the spot, grabs the ball. And guess what, guys? Our coach said it. When we got the ball back, he said, we're going down. We're going to score. And that's exactly what this team did. I forgot about a mixed extra point along the way there. To bring the drama to the end of the game, where we put the touchdown in, pass to Garrett Wilson to score to tie the game up. Greg Galleg puts us ahead by one point. Interception by Aston Davis to seal the deal. Guys, are you kidding me right now with this victory? Traumatized Cleveland Brown fans, a fan base that look, guys, we know what that life is like. We can laugh all we wanted. The Cleveland Browns never won the Super Bowl. We know what that life is like. We know what that feels like. But I'll tell you what, man, I'm 41 years old. I can probably remember back 35 years of watching this team. Maybe the Monday Night Miracle is the only other game I remember thinking, oh, it's a wrap, and we came back and won the way that we did. Okay, Jet fans, stand tall this week. Be proud of the team. We have some ridiculous offensive numbers. We have a rookie balling, more than one of them. Joe Flacco's resurrected? Back to elite status, Michael? Dare I say that? Dare I I say that, Michael? Dare I throw that in Sammy's face? The biggest Joe Flacco hater in the world. And you know he's balling out right now. Sorry, guys, I went up for so long. I'm just hyped up. I'm hyped up off the win. Michael, we talked about it a little bit after the game. that a few days to digest this W. Had a few days to get into some of the numbers here. What are you feel about the Jets' win this weekend? Big time comeback.
2: Probably the biggest win, surprise win, since, what? Monday Night Miracle. Yep. Um, probably the biggest win since the New York Jets beat the Patriots in 2016 at home before we ended up losing the Rex up there in Buffalo. Um, This was needed. It wasn't just something that, you know, happened. And we're like, oh, man, we needed this. The Jets needed this. The fan base needed this. Everybody management total win across the board. Uh, I I believe the players never stopped believing in Robert Sala as a head coach. Um, You could see that they never quit. Did I think the coaching was great in this game? No, I thought there was, there are many places to get better at regarding a quote from a coaching perspective. But I do think that this team believes in the head coach. And I think that this win really has the team starting to believe in themselves. You know, the Cleveland Browns um, essentially outplayed the jets for most of the game offensively, but um when it came push come to shove they didn't make the plays that they needed to make and um we capitalized and then you had guys that essentially executed where the game mattered most um and we're going to talk about guys like Braden Mann we're going to talk about our our kicker Greg Zerline Greg the leg we're going to talk about Joe Flacco we're going to talk about Garrett Wilson we're going to talk about guys that absolutely was able to reach down deep inside and got the job done and that's what the Jets did on Sunday And I couldn't be more excited for this franchise. And I hope that we continue to progress in that space.
1: Sammy, let me ask you a question. The Jets first team in 21 years to come back from a 13-point deficit, under two minutes left in the game. 2,229 games since that happened. Sammy, you provide me with a nugget that the last team it happened to actually was the Cleveland Browns. And it was the Chicago Bears that took them out in a similar fashion 21 years ago. But let me ask you, Sammy, who's to blame here? we got to give obviously the Jets some credit. But when you look to the Browns sideline there, you're a, you're a head coach of a football team. Nick Chubb doesn't go down. He gets the touchdown. I know he took some blame there. Don't you think that's really on the coach, though. He has to let them know what the situation is. Because sometimes the players are just living in the moment. They're going to see that end zone. They see some space. They're going to go for it. Don't you have to reinforce that before? You get to that point, though, to make sure they know, man, look, we can take a knee if we get this first and the game's over. Not what happened.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you expect, obviously, like an all pro all star like Nick Chubb to just kind of know those things. But look at somebody like it reminded me of a lot of like J.R. Smith and LeBron James and that whole disaster fiasco, right, where uh, you're you're in a position where you're going to win and you, and you do the worst possible thing you can do. To allow a team just a small nugget like you said of a chance i mean that whole that whole series of events i thought i was going blind um uh, i also at one point physically removed the shoe from my mouth because joe flacco actually played a great game of football right sure. um which we could talk about him later still don't think it's sustainable sorry joe flacco all right but um I mean, you you as the head coach, you have to take full blame. I, I, I don't know what he said. I didn't really pay much attention to the coach after the game, but I would hope that he would get up, up there uh, on that podium and say, you know, like, that's on me. Like, I got to do a better job letting these guys know where we're at on the field, where we're at in the game, and just getting out of this stadium with a win, right, and, and starting 2-0 and because the whole week was about the Browns not starting 2-0 and in X amount of years. You had the chance, an easy chance to do it, and you really blew that one.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, let's give a shout-out to Brant Boyer. Let's give a shout-out to the special teams. Greg Deleg, 4 for 4 in extra points, but he knocks in that big 57-yarder to tie the game up. 17-17 at that point at least, guys. Big-time kick. Our punter, Mike, am I correct in saying this? Was he AFC Player of the Week, Offensive Player of the Week?
2: Oh, man. Are you kidding kidding me? Are you kidding me? Brady, man, we were looking to get rid of this guy. And let's just take a look. Player oh, of the week, bro. man, <laughs> <it> Just Jeff Punter? <laughs> what?
1: Average, average 47.3 yards a punt. get a big down first down pass. We're going to run through the game in a second and get to that. And then, of course, we know the big time onside kick. Got a lot done in that football game. You don't really get to see. I know uh, Pat McAfee talks smack about this, man. Punter, punters do a lot sometimes, you know, when they get called upon doing some trick plays. Threw a ball in the game, punted a ball in the game, did an onside kick all in the same game. So great job by him, guys. Special teams did tremendous. When we go through the game, guys, normally we have Mike here to run through the game, um, you know, the the recap of the game. This week we're just going to blast right through it because we talked about it a little bit already after the game on Sunday, guys. We know how the game started off. All right, first drive not so well. Bengals, uh, excuse me, the Browns get the ball back. 14 plays, 90-yard drive. Took eight minutes, 37 seconds off the clock to go up 7 nothing. Mike, that first drive, Chubb's eating us up on the ground. Did you feel at that point, this is going to be a long day, the way Chubb was – they had big-time holes, and Chubb was just eating us up.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I just – I looked at the last game we just played against the Ravens. The defense looked solid. The offense couldn't get off. And then it was like it completely flipped. And I'm sitting there like, guys, you can't get a stop? I mean, look – <sighs> Brissett isn't some like magician, right? Where's the pass rush? Where's the run stuff? Nick Chubb is great, I get it, but you should be able to stop this guy. And yeah, no, there was not. no stops and then the next play when we got the ball, there would uh they completed a first down. Uh Conklin's foot was in and those refs. We were fi- not just fighting up against the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. those refs were terrible. Can I,
1: can I just say, guys, you know we're going to see Mike Homers. The refs did a horrible job this weekend. I mean, there was a phantom call on us towards the end of the game, too. That was complete garbage. Uh, I think it was a pass interference or a legal contact downfield. Um, I mean, that call with Conklin, his foot was obviously in, and he obviously had the ball. That That was a simple, to me, Mike, that was a simple call
2: right there. That's um,
1: I didn't like that at all. But then when you get to the second drive, we're down seven, nothing. Thirteen plays, seventy-five yard drive by the New York Jets to tie it up on the road. This is the drive that got to a fourth and one situation. Braden Mann goes ahead, throws the onside. Excuse me, throws the the fake pass, lands it over there to the right side. I think it was Jeff Smith who caught the ball, guys. First yeah. down, Jets. We continue down the field. Touchdown pass, two yard touchdown pass to Garrett Wilson. Brees Hall looked really good on this drive. Garrett Wilson burns. I don't know. I don't know what the corner was like. Don't know off top of my head i just know that he wasn't in the replay yeah and it's only a two yard if you only have two yards to go and you get burned so bad you're not in the replay you did something wrong
2: i would i just want to say one thing that play that fake punt call was huge it changed to me the course of the game because one of the things we hit robert sala with last week was he coaches scared he doesn't think outside the box he doesn't take those chances that some of the other coaches do, which make them great. And I thought he finally decided to say, you know what, screw it. And went with the fake punt, it elevated the team, it, and, and you could see the team starting to believe in themselves. And I thought that was a tremendous call. It got us up over, uh, uh, moving forward. And so Robert Sala, um, not just on that play, but across the board, like Garrett Wilson, not using him that much, That This game, LaFleur, used him in big plays. So I felt there was a lot of change and turn there. And as long as we get to see that from a coaching perspective, that they are able to adjust and not stay inside the box like uh, one uh, who Adam Gase used to do, I think that uh, sky's the limit.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, man. I know the next drive... You're hoping the defense can give us something here. But again, the Browns get the ball. 10 plays, 61 yards. They go up 14 to 7 here. A pass, a touchdown pass to Cooper. It uh, looked like there was a little bit of a mix-up there in the secondary guys. So we're down 14-7. Um, we get the ball back. We get the we get actually the ball going a little bit here. Offense going a little bit, I should say. And all the times they touch the ball, the Browns didn't really seem to dominate on defense. It just seemed like we couldn't finish to the end of the game, which we're gonna get to. Um, drive moving here, Carter look good, Hall looked good, fumble by Flacco. I know he was only got sacked twice in the day it's hard to say that the offensive line did bad because if you look at some of the pass block rates they were pretty decent comparatively speaking what we thought they were going to do um but a fumble there for flacco we get them to go three and out and then we get the ball back okay guys a plays 54 yards more and wilson each with two 18 yard receptions on this drive touchdown for Brees hall guys the game's tied up 14 14. wookie when you're on the road you know, you've watched the Giants forever, but you know football very well. When you're on the road and you go down once, then you go down a second time and you come back. Okay, what type of confidence does that give the squad and how important is that to take that home team crowd out of the game?
0: Oh, it's, 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 obviously it could be the um, the deciding factor in the game. And, you know, you, like you said, you come back the one time, okay, we can do it. You come back the second time, all right, we got a really good chance and, Dep- and regardless of how the team's doing for the entire year, you've got those little pockets in those games that you can build on. Hey, look, we were here. We came back twice. I, the chances of us scoring on that last drive were astronomically against us. Look what we put together. So that's something they can pull down the line. Uh, that's experience for rookies immediately uh, with you know within the first two games of the season and taking the other crowd, you know, the crowd out. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. At some, especially in a game like that, because you have to think about the Browns fans. Hey, look, it's coming down to a close game. Um, we might. It looks like we're going to pull out a pretty, pretty solid hard fought win, and it ends up not happening. And I mean, that could just send the the, the opposing team into a spiral as well. I, I'm not saying it will, but especially, it was especially huge.
1: Especially if you have fans that are used to losing.
0: Oh, of and course. All I know
1: that is because I've sat in the Jet crowd long enough to know if the game starts going south or a team's hanging around longer than you think they should. You get that antsy feeling of negativity pulsating through your veins. And the Jets here are tied up 14-14 at the half. Now, guys, I know that the game and the way that it ended is looked at as miraculous as it should be. Under two minutes, you score two touchdowns, I get that. But the game tied at halftime. And they're pretty evenly matched at halftime too, you know, going into that half. And I didn't feel like the Browns had any decided advantage over us besides the fact that, you know, they were holding, you know, using the, the clock and grinding it down. We were also moving the ball when we got the ball. So going to the second half, I thought we had a good shot, but Browns come out, 11 plays, 76 yards. um, Field goal, they go up 17-14, guys. Jets are able to come down themselves not too long after that. They get a field goal, 57-yarder by Greg Leg. Now they would have been in, um, they would have been in scoring range. Bad holding call. They had a 23-yard run by Brees that got called back. I don't know if you guys remember that. So that's a bad call by the refs there. And then this is where, Mike, this is where things start getting fun here. Okay? Not... That the Browns scored twice. Now the Browns guys, we know they got the ball back in the fourth quarter. They're nine plays, 75 yards. They go up 24-17. to This is when Nick Chubb really started wearing us down. It really seemed like the defensive line. And Mike's going to get to this. Didn't really have too much of a push on the quarterback. And I haven't alluded to it as I've gone through this game breakdown. But the entire day, Jacoby Brissett is just sitting back there.
2: Just sitting. No, crazy. But right now, guys, the Jets are 30th in pass uh, pass rush win rate, meaning we're what second to last in getting to the quarterback from the defensive line perspective. That's that is terrible. That defensive line is the only position group that we said coming into the season. That was really, really, really good. I mean, and they're not getting yeah. any push. I don't understand what's going on there, but yes, you're right. They really weren't. They, they got a half a sack Lawson got a half a sack with, I think Quinn and Williams. Yeah. Um, but that was pretty much it. And you know, that offensive line really was, is not considered to be the greatest, uh, the Cleveland Browns. So. I was really disappointed with the defensive line. I was really disappointed with the defense overall. I thought that the defense just did not play to what I would expect after all of the inclusion. The other position, and we'll get to this later, is safety is a mess. But we'll talk about that. In yeah, let's.
1: we're, we're going to get to that because safety play again in this game was bad. And Mike has some stats to back that up. We know that the Browns went up 24-17 to like we said, guys. Jets get the ball back, punt. Now we had some chances here. We get the ball back, we punt. We do nothing with it. Browns get the ball. We make them punt. So you're still kind of hanging around here, right, guys? And what do we do? We just go three and out. We give them the ball right back. So at this point is, I think, why after the next drive, when the Browns went down, Nick Chubb doesn't take a knee, scores a touchdown. You didn't necessarily feel like the magic was going to happen because the two drives before that, we couldn't really get too much done. But it's not how it turned out. That's not, that's not how it turned out, guys. Turned out. Two plays, 75 yards, a bomb touchdown. To Corey Davis, who's wide open. Okay. Now, now- I
2: I wasn't even paying attention, Keith. I was already, you know, writing down or texting or something. And all of a sudden I look up, I see Corey and Denzel. I'm like, wait,
1: what happened? Yeah, and I know Denzel Ward in the in at least in the replay looked like he got burned. He put some put some of that blame off on the safety. He did he did one of those moves where he said, Look, man, I'm not gonna say who it was. It wasn't me who blew the coverage, it was someone else, but I won't say who it was. You guys can blame me if you want. So what he did was blame someone else. And then at the end of the sentence, say, you don't have to blame. You can put it on me. So you, it's funny how you went about that, guys. But like we said, we're down 30-17 here. All right, we get the ball back, two plays, touchdown to Corey Davis. And we know what we need is an onside kick. You get kind of that unique onside kick from our boy Braden. Man, Justin Hardy runs over there, scoops the ball up. And now we got a shot. Now, now we're dealing, guys, because on that touchdown from Chubb, like we mentioned, I forgot to mention twice, mixed extra points. So now, now it's 30-24. Now I'm sitting to myself saying, you know what? This, this could happen here. The magic of Joe Flacco is not stopping. <laughs> right? This whole game, he's been rolling. He's been slinging when you're giving him a shot, guys. He, they've been able to move the ball here and there. And I, I really thought pretty confident we could move the ball down the field and at least make a game of it. At least try to get in the end zone towards the end of the game. He didn't know what was going to happen. And we know how it worked out, guys. Okay? Methodically, they move down the field, Joe Flacco. Little by little, a lot of passes to Garrett Wilson. He had 14 targets on the day, guys. Nine plays, 53 yards, 22 seconds left on the clock. Touchdown to Garrett Wilson, who has arrived, everybody. That's That's the main takeaway from this week. Joe Flacco, man, you've been around for a while. You had your greatest game in a long time. The first Jet quarterback to throw for 300 yards and four touchdowns since Vinny Testaverde. So we're going back a ways, Sammy. You're probably seven years old when that happened, Sammy, okay? So it's, it's a while ago that, that happened. And guys, who sealed the deal at the end? Sammy mentioned this before the game. Ashton Davis only played one play of the day. And he had an interception to seal the deal. And the Jets walk away with the miraculous victory. Shocked the NFL. Shocked the Cleveland Browns. Shocked a lot of gamblers and bettors who, who had that game pretty much as over with. With two minutes left, guys. And here we are at one and one. And you're staring, and we're going to go through the go through some of these highlights in this game. But you're staring at a Bengals team that's a little wounded, hasn't looked great either. And I feel a lot better about our chances now and playing them than I did last week for sure. Can
3: I ju- can I jump in here and just say a couple things quick? So with Joe Flacco, first off, that finally you saw a veteran throw because that throw at the end of the game to Wilson for that final touchdown—that oh, was money, awesome, right? He had a middle linebacker and a safety, and then Wilson's like hiding. And he just throws it right before Wilson's open. Right. Yep. And like that, you could tell he made that throw a hundred times in his life. And like felt super confident about that throw. Perfect ball, perfect delivery, awesome. Second thing is the the part of this, besides all the craziness at the end, if you even take the game at a L 30 to 17, what the young offense showed you is that they can keep you in the game, right? The only reason the Ravens game wasn't a hundred to nothing is because the defense played really good right and they still they were just on the field forever and gave up a lot Sure, if that's why it wasn't 100 nothing so if the defense played that same way last week it's 100 to zero the young offense with no no really guys right the defense has dudes that are recognizable to the nfl to fans besides jeff Ants, q right whitehead mosley sauce these these are now nationally recognized names the offensive dudes we don't really have that guy right and this week They showed everybody. We have a couple of those guys now, right? And we have guys like Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall who came and played a monster game. He had a monster game. He had an awesome, the way he was seeing holes, getting downhill, right? Making one or two cuts and then just taking off with the football, that second level explosive speed that we saw was tremendous. So that win is more important, I think, than last week's win, because we know the defense is supposed to play good. We've known it for years. We don't know what the offense has. And I think hanging in that game and then the two really explosive plays at the end to win it showed us way more than anything defensively last week.
1: Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. I mean, I could not be more thrilled with the young guns of the squadron. Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Elijah Moore, I think, only had five targets, but he made the most of them when he did get targeted. Um, What do we got? The final stats for Flacco, 307 yards and four touchdowns. Sammy, that pass he made at the end when they showed the replay from behind Joe Flacco, it really highlighted what you just said is that Garrett Wilson had not even cleared that defender yet, right? He was still on the right side of the defender when Flacco threw the ball. He went behind him, ended up on the left side, and he caught the ball for the touchdown. That's a veteran pass. And Zach Wilson, 100 percent everyone that's watching, we know that's the future. We know that's the quarterback. We know he's coming back and playing. No doubt about it. But I, I don't know if I don't know if he makes that pass though. I, I don't I, know if he makes that pass, guys.
2: Exactly. I just want to. I just want to uh, comment on some of the things that Sammy said. You know, he was talking about players really stepping up. You know, through two weeks of play per PFF, right now, guys. Elijah Vera Tucker. Whoa, seventy left guards out there uh, being tracked. He's number four oh right now, fourth in PFF grade. Monster DJ Reed, sixth in cornerbacks. Out of 103, Quinnen Williams, seventh out of 122 defensive tackles. Joe Flacco, third out of 34 quarterbacks. Oh my isn't, God. That, isn't that incredible? You know what I found out about uh, Justin Fields? He's 33rd in pass attempts. How are you 33rd in pass <laughs> attempts? Because they're 32 starting oh, quarterbacks. God. I digress. I digress. Wow. Michael Carter, 12th out of 60 running backs. And then you said, do we have those guys that are those dudes? We do. Garrett Wilson is him. That's what they call it. Garrett Wilson is him. 13th out of 107 wide receivers. This guy, this game, Keith, is this the dude? I mean, yo, 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 I'm being absolutely real with you. Like, I knew after week one, like, yo, this kid has some skills. I saw it. There were a couple plays there that I was like, Man, and then this game, I'm like, I remember Odell Beckham Jr. being like, "Damn, the stupid Giants, they did it. But they then, ripped like- this cat." I could, you could see the magic, and I know Nick can talk about this, but I'm telling you right now, what I'm seeing here, I have never, I have not seen this ever. Like, it's two games, but what I just saw out of this kid, I have never seen a rookie. I haven't even seen a receiver do what this kid is doing,
1: Mike. Okay? And so far as <laughs> Insofar as just immediately playing well without really seem like there's an adjustment period. I mean, Odell Beckham is someone I meant we, we were talking about. It. it seemed like also stature wise, they're similar size. The two of them both really super quick in and out of routes and everything. I think a comparable player early in his career. And also a couple of years ago, Justin Jefferson. Now I'm not saying, God, please let this guy be like Justin Jefferson. Right. But he came in, had one slow game, and then off to the races the rest of his career. Right. The rest of his career, he's been absolutely operating at an elite level. Um, last week wasn't that great of a game, but you guys know what I mean. Garrett Wilson seems to come in, in. In the first week, every time he got targeted, he made something happen. He showed you he needs to see the ball more. And then this week, 14 targets, Sammy. 14 targets. The other hey. most targeted player on the team, Sammy, was Conklin with nine. We're going to get into him in a second. Five for Elijah Moore. Uh, I mean, he obviously is the go-to receiver right now, even though he's only played two games.
3: And Keith, and I think we should highlight something about him that isn't really well documented, but the physicality that he plays with when he gets the football is awesome, right? Because his big thing in college coming out into the draft is that he's kind of small. Like Drake London's this huge dude, yeah. right? Big physical guy. And Wilson was more like a good route runner, created better space, right? But the physical nature of when he has the ball in his hands, that he's willing to meet defenders and put moves on guys is tremendous, right? So his ability to catch, create space, and run routes is tremendous. But what I saw this week was how physical he was out there. And I loved every second of it.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I mean, that's really what does make these guys complete wide receivers because there's plenty of dudes that run great routes, and then catch the ball and do nothing with it, right? There's there's plenty of guys that are just athletic freaks. Maybe their route precision isn't tremendous, but they can run a 4-3, right? There's plenty of guys that can jump up and pull the ball out of the air. Who can do all of these things, right? Not a lot of the guys have all the facets. And if you want to be a guy who dominates in the NFL, you got to be able to do them all, like Sammy said. And I think that's what this kid is showing us, man. I mean, I could not be more excited with how that game ended, Mike. Garrett Wilson catching the touchdown, running over, giving it to some of these Cleveland Brown fans. I don't even have any beef with Cleveland. I got no problem with the Browns. But look, you're our opponent this weekend. We got counted out. Like I said, 99.9% chance the Jets lose that game. And if you're a Jet fan, you're not looking at a 0.1%, 0.01%. You're not looking at that number and going, we still got a shot. Okay, you're looking at the number and saying the game's over. Just just be real. It's okay to say it, everybody. You know in your head you're like, this game's over. Uh, the game is still on we're still going to root we're still going to go for our team to the very end and that's why because you never know it's why we love football It's why we love sports it's why you watch the games to the end because you never know and this team this year this jet team if you go on espn.com and you look at passing statistics and the teams are ranked one through 32 the jets are number three i know it's wild the jets you look one through 32 on offense the jets are number 10 So, guys, I get it. It's two weeks. And I'll take anyone that says to me it's just two weeks, what I'll say to them is two words, Adam Gase. Yeah, word. From week one to the last week of the season, we were the worst offense in the league. We didn't get two weeks of happiness. At least this year, we're starting off with a little something here, okay? We lost to the Ravens. They're a much better team than us, guys. Flacco got some garbage time stats, I get it. But this game this week was big time. Heading into next week versus the Bengals, Mike. I don't know if it, you want to chop it up about it, them now.
2: It, well, well, before we do, there's only one other position group I really want to call out um, uh, as far as the the way they improved. And that was the offensive line. I thought the offensive line did a terrible job in week one. Mm. I was so upset with Lake and Tomlinson, so upset with George Fan. Okay. But this week, pass, block, win rate. Week two. George Fant, 82.8% winning, okay? He allowed eight pressures this game. Excellent. Max Mitchell. Okay, Max Mitchell was drafted 111, I believe, in the draft uh, overall. And you know who else got drafted 111 overall? Jason Fabini, back in 1998. Started right tackle, rookie. He wasn't supposed to. Injury. Cat just got in there immediately facing off against the top Cat's uh, Rich Sabini had a really good uh podcast and, and and um Fabini was actually at the this game and he was the right tackle during the Monday Night Miracle. So he got to see both and he left his perspective. It's really, really good uh insight. But you know, Max Mitchell, I when I heard he was gonna be starting, I'm like, oh, we're I mean, we're done. It's over. Mm-hmm. And has he looked like a rookie? Absolutely. Okay, but I have seen he his past rush win rate. Uh, black past block win, win rate was 75%. That's not bad against a uh, 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 now. He the, uh, obviously there was a fumble, strip sack. Um, he took definitely took some L's there going up against Garrett, uh, Miles Garrett. They were actually lining up Miles Garrett and uh, Clowney <coughs> on the same side against Max Mitchell. I mean, the coach was just like, Yo, let's just destroy this rookie. To be honest, Keith, I know we know he wasn't the greatest, but I thought. He has done a pretty good job, much better job than I would have thought he he had done. Yeah. Um, AVT, 100% win rate. Guys, 100%. Nobody beat him. Son, be so. AVT, that's so put that arm up, son. That's so crazy. I know it's nuts. I saw it. I, I looked. at oh, I, I looked. I'm like, no, that can't be. 100% son. No one got past him. Okay. Tomlinson, 89.3%. That's the Pro Bowl left guard we were looking for. Okay. And McGovern, 93.1%. The offensive line did absolutely great. And you know what makes me feel really good about this? When Zach Wilson does come back, that unit will be humming. Okay. And Max Mitchell is not a scrub the way we thought he was. So I think he's learning. I think he's growing. I think the offensive line is starting to gel. And I was really happy about that. I just wanted to bring that up here before we move over to the Cincinnati Bengals discussion. Yeah,
1: I've seen some um, I've seen some write-ups from the Jet blogs and Jet pundits who criticized Mitchell this weekend. And I'm like, man, you know what? Going up against Miles Garrett, going up against what he was going up against in his second career start, in a situation where he probably, you know, if the Jets... Um, If things went the the way the Jets wanted, they'd probably let him just learn for a year and maybe he can mess around with starting role next year. They didn't think Max Mitchell was starting this year, guys. No one thought that. Um, We just got put in a situation where we really don't have any choice. I thought he did decent, Mike. 75% win rate is not amazing, but it's still pretty good. You consider how well the rest of the line did. I thought it was an improved day for the rest of the offensive line. Defensive line, like you mentioned earlier, Mike, still leaving a lot to be desired. Jacoby Brissett just sat back there all day. And just had no one even near him. And then that big 25-yard run from at the end of the game. Of course, I said last week, he doesn't run the ball. You don't got to worry about that. And he ran for 40 yards. Um, But, I mean, those runs, he's like, I've never seen someone scramble slower than Jacoby Brissett. That was like, that was the most frustrating part, Sammy. There was a run in your high school football game this weekend, Sammy, that reminded me of that. Which I won't get into right before halftime.
3: Yeah, can don't get into that. But I right. that, it was like the slowest. It was watching it in slow motion.
1: That had to be painful for you, okay? It was a uh, one of the slowest, like eighty yard touchdown runs. I took about five and a half minutes for the kid to get down the field. Um, yeah. But that's what it reminded me of. But look, hey, we got a W. There's a lot of things you can look at. The defense needs to improve. That week one versus the Ravens, their offensive line was banged up. This offensive line is one of the better offensive lines in the league, and that lends me to this next game. Guys, and why I do have a lot of—I don't know—I have a good feeling about this one.
2: He you always know? And smiles with the Bengals. He's always uh, gets excited. Yeah. He does because yeah. I know, I know Keith, and I know he's watched the Jets <laughs> his whole life. And we, for and some reason, we for own some the reason, we we just have good memories against the Bengals. I don't know what it is. Last year, we is.
1: sat here, and I knew I was going to be going to the Bengal game. I knew it was going to be on Halloween me and my wifey were excited i did the show that week and i said to you mike you know what the Bengals are great joe burrow's great chase is great mixon's good you know i'm not gonna say he's great plenty of weapons on this team they're favored to beat us by eight points but we're getting a w that's what i felt last year when i had when i had no business thinking that because some teams just have your number and when you look at this Bengal team guys joe burrow we know he's a good quarterback but has not started off that well in his first two games let's be honest Three touchdowns, four interceptions. I think his QB rating is around 73 or something like that. Um, They're still getting some passing yards here, but this team does not look threatening or dominating like they did towards the second half of last season. Joe Mixon only averaging three yards a carry. Now, we know that the Cleveland Browns have a tremendous offensive line. They were able to open up gigantic holes for Nick Chubb. They were able to protect Jacoby Brissett. The Bengals have a horrible offensive line. Joe Burrow has been sacked 14 times this year already. He's been sacked more than three times. I think it's 16 of his last 17 games. This guy, he could—they can, cannot keep him upright, Joe Burrow. They cannot open up holes in the in the in the run game either. So when you look at that and you say, okay, now last week the Browns' offensive line was tremendous, did a good job, but they don't have that strength. The Bengals, right, guys? Then when you look at what they do well, which is get the ball to the outside, Higgins is good. We know Chase is good. As of this moment, we have some dudes on the outside. We have some we have some guys out there. We got Sauce. We got DJ Reed who it's not a a figment of Jet fans' imagination. When you're watching the games, you're like, wow, look how good that dude's playing. Mike showed you the PFF. He's operating at an elite level right now, DJ Reed. I'm not saying he's going to shut down Chase, but I'm saying we have corners out there that can do a good job against him. Then on the flip side, I think their defense, you know, is good. But we showed you last week, man, the Browns defense is probably better than the Bengals. And when you give him some time for the legend Joe Flacco, he can sling it still. I think it's going to be his last game, his swan song for that Steeler game. We're going to get into some predictions here, Mike, but I'm going to go ahead and hit the Wookiee up first. Last week, I hit him up last. You got the Jets battling the Bengals this week, the 0-2 Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow's been struggling a little bit. Wookiee, they've lost two games by a field goal here. Not, Not like they're getting blown out or anything. Probably a surprising start for most people here, Wook for the Bengals. What do you think this weekend, though? MetLife Stadium, Jets, Bengals. What's your prediction?
0: I'm going Jets 24-13, 24-14. I think the Bengals continue to reel in that stadium. It's going to be unbelievably loud. It's going to be crazy. I think they get to burrow a bunch of times. I think they get multiple interceptions. I'm not saying how many, but there's going to be more than one. Um, I think the Jets continue to roll. I mean, I know that they're going to go against better competition moving forward, but this time, this game, the way both teams are playing – you, you'd, you'd have to be nuts not to edge it to the Jets.
1: And you know what else I want to throw in here, Mike? We didn't say this, but um, didn't Brady Quinn say we're going to start off 0-9? I it was 0-9. I'm pretty sure he said we we're going to start off 0-9. And the team he got drafted by, we just destroyed people's existence this weekend. by the final two minutes. People are walking out of that field crying. Crying to themselves. They lost to the Jets. And Brady Quinn, you shouldn't have wished this on to the universe okay? There's such thing as sports karma, and you come at the Jets long enough like you have, something's going to turn on you. Something's going to turn on you, pal. Uh, let's get to Sammy here this weekend. Bengals, Jets, me and you will be there in the building cheering the squad on. How do you think it's going to out, shake out, Sammy?
3: Alright, so I have a stat, and then a, it's a W, and here's why. Najee Harris currently has 25 carries for 72 yards. Joe Burrow has 13 sacks for 73 yards. <laughs> <laughs> so, this week, we've been we've been talking about it, how we want to see better play from the defensive line. This week, it's time for that line to eat. I think the Jets take a W, and I think we win by 10.
1: Oh, I like it, Sammy. I like that Joe Burrow's amount of yards lost via the sack is the same exact amount as his QB rating this year, which is a 73. <laughs> nice. Guys, let's say, hey, we're one and one, guys. We're going to laugh while we can. We're gonna get we're gonna get the same while well, we can, Jet fans. We got this joy going. Michael, let's go to you. Jets, Bengals, de- defending AFC champions coming in zero two. What do you think is gonna happen?
2: Um, I want them to win. I think we'll lose by a little bit. Um, I think we match up well, really well. I think Higgins and uh, Chase. We um, will have our cornerbacks covering them. Uh, so. I, I don't I see them winning like they have won in the past, but I do, you know, see some scores there. I think that um, in the end, Cincinnati is a team that wins at the Super Bowl. They've started off slow, understood, and I think that I just don't see them going 0 and 3. They'll figure it out um, to edge us at the at the very end. I think Joe Flacco won't have as good of a game as he did last week. I do think we'll still continue to play well offensively. I think that Garrett Wilson will maybe not have as good of a game as last week, but still have a pretty good game with Elijah Moore. I think the Jets will keep it competitive. I'm seeing this game 23 22, 23 21, uh, Bengals winning at at the end, Uh, essentially, you know, getting a field goal or scoring uh, with the last two minutes to, to put them over. So. Uh, I want to say we would win. I really do. Um, but I know that the Cincinnati Bengals are better than we are. They, they definitely are uh, more talented. And they're going to be desperate. And I think they'll figure out a way to eke this out. That's, that's where my feelings are.
0: All right.
1: That's all logical, Michael. All very logical. Mike's here to pour some cold water on those Jets Week 3 W predictions. But you know what I'm here to do, guys? Take your cold-ass body, bring you by the fire, dry you off. Tuck in nice because we're catching a W this week, guys. I don't really think we're catching a W. I think the Bengals are playing like garbage. And I I know the Jets lost week one. but And people like to say, oh, man, they pretty much got outplayed week two. Also, when the smoke cleared in that game, the Jets had, let's see here, guys, 402 yards and the Browns had 405. The Jets had 11 drives. The Browns had 10. The Jets averaged six yards a play. The Browns averaged 6.2. It's why you play all 60 minutes, right? So I understand that the last two minutes of the game were completely miraculous, but the numbers at the end of the game show you the Jets' offense uh, was on par with the Browns' offense. And I think coming to this game this week, man, they kind of found something here with Garrett Wilson, right? Pretty obvious they found something with Garrett Wilson. And I said this when we did our show a couple of days ago. If he's going to be this type of player where you can't stick him with one guy no matter who it is, Denzel Ward, you had no business on our boy last week. He's played two games. Denzel Ward makes $15 million a year. Couldn't do nothing with Garrett Wilson last week, guys. I think if he becomes a problem like we think he's going to, guess what happens into to Elijah Moore? Who we already know is good. We already know played tremendous handle last year. Guess what happens for Tyler Conklin? Guess what happens for Corey Davis, guys? Okay, guess what happens to those little running back dump-offs? I mean, that having that one player, Sammy knows this with his team from last year, his high school team. Having that one player that is a force of nature that you have to worry about, which we haven't had in forever on the Jets, but when you have him, he changes everything for everybody. Were you going to say something, Mike? I'm sorry.
2: No, I, I completely agree with you, though. The defense has the game plan for him, right? Exactly. It changes the whole and, dynamic. And when, we,
1: when have we had someone that defenses are stressing out about? It's been a minute, you know. Um, it definitely hasn't been at the quarterback position. So now we have some skill position players that look pretty solid. It's one of the reasons why I think they're, what they do well on offense obviously seems to be something that we're at least – through a few games here, okay at, which is stopping guys on the outside. But I mean, like I said, Brissett was able to chill back there all day. They're gonna give Burrow time like they gave Brissett. It could be a long day for us, don't get me wrong. But I think the Jets are gonna win this game. I could see the game being 27-10, 27-13. Browns, I mean Bengals continue to struggle, guys. And Jet fans, think about this reality. Think about this. Monday morning, you wake up in a world where the Jets are two and one. After looking at this schedule with everybody saying, oh, you're definitely losing those first oh four. You got no chance. And you got then, no chance those first four.
2: And, and and just to go, just to, if that does happen, Keith, they're already talking about Kenny Pickett getting his first start against the New York Jets. With Zach Wilson probably getting his first start. This Burger
0: King tiny hands.
2: man, yeah, tiny hands, exactly. Put in? Two two one, 2-1 and with a rookie quarterback. I know. Zach versus Pickett. Give me that all
1: damn day. I mean, I like that. I like that I like I that love that. They you know, call it
0: Wilson Pickett?
1: <laughs> That's the Wilson Pickett game right there, exactly. Right there. Yeah, but guys, I, I think the Jets are going to take a win this weekend. and I think we're going to be 2-1. I think we've already surprised some people last week. I, I know how the game was. The end of the game was completely insane. You can't count on that. You want them to play good throughout the game. But I think we're going to start focusing a lot on Garrett Wilson here, guys. I think Brees Hall. Finally got some running lanes last week. And when that dude turns on the Jets, he is gone. And you see Michael Carter's PFF rating. It's because like we've said on here, and like most Jet fans know, he just seems like a dude that has tremendous anticipation where the play is going. Where he needs to be on every play. What he needs to do, it's going to be maybe a two-yard loss and he gets a three-yard gain, right? Just because he's shifty and he kind of knows where the blocking is. That's what Hall has to get down, but Hall... When he's caught the ball in any space, he's out. Exactly. That dude's gone, Mike. And it does seem like we have a nice little and running I, back. And I, and I
2: just want everyone to understand, like, because people fall into these narratives, you know, again – Cincinnati, you know, uh, Joe Burrow. And you could see, look, the guy's struggling. He's holding onto the ball. And I I heard it's not really that it's offensive line. It's that he's holding the ball too long. So he did have a great season last year. We do know how ill Chase is. But, you know, you got to be able to execute him. Because we have these big plays, like, for instance, uh, Tua Tonka vailoa threw six touchdowns. Does anyone understand the context of that game? They were down by, I don't know how many touchdowns, and the Ravens were just playing prevent yeah. defense the whole damn time. Oh, to is this great. You know what? Let's see him do it against the Bills this week. You know what? Stefan Diggs is just phenomenal because he had three touchdowns. He's playing against a rookie damn cornerback. <laughs> oh, but he's, oh, oh. he's You know what? Let's see what he does, you know, going up against Xavier Howard. Let's yeah. see. Let's see. But, but, again, you have these big games, and then all of a sudden these guys are crowned, these superstars. Guys, you know who's leading the league? In passing yards right now, it's Carson Wentz, Tua, and Flaka.
1: Relax. Wow, wow. Relax. Relax. Everyone chill. This is not, that's not going to be how these stats look at the end of the season by any stretch of the imagination. Michael, I know what you're saying. What I'm going to do is I normally jump on board immediately with the Tua hate, and I'm just right there with you. I'm, I'm ride or die with you with two is stinking to the end Mike. but I know that when we combine forces too much on a player, they tend to turn their whole career around. All right. True. We already did we already did this for Josh Allen. We did. We bashed him that's for true. two years. Now he's the best quarterback in the goddamn league. I
2: know.
1: Right, so I'm gonna let you you can go ahead and take the two of shots and play it safe right now. Cause I don't know what happened last week with him throwing those six touchdowns. It was berserk. Some of them were just three yard dump offs, and guys ran the ball sixty yards. I mean, but they still count as touchdowns, guys. Um but I think that's all we got for this week, guys, right? Yeah, man. We're yeah. good to oh, go. Guys, I know it's been scrolling there at the bottom, Michael, but if anyone does want to get at us or support us in any way, shape, or form, how can they do that?
2: Guys, look, we're on YouTube. We appreciate it. Like and subscribe. You know, we, we love what we do here, and we love sharing the Jets with you guys and talking football. We love the comments. So, hey, we're on Facebook at Radio. We're on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG.
1: You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris, on behalf of the greatest tight end in Naris Red Fox history, and on behalf of the greatest high school football coach in the nation today. That was all in one breath, guys. My cousin Samuel here. My name's Keith Farr. Give that you next week, everybody. Peace out.